three, two, two one, one, Mark. Hello and welcome to 141 Studio. I'm Ryan Whiting and Merry World Cup Eve. We're recording <laughs> on the Saturday evening here where we live. Yep. Before the World Cup starts tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, we really don't have a lot planned for this one. We just kind of we're going to do a rundown of our feelings before before the World Cup. Yeah, we're always in our feels, so that's why we just I, thought we'd, we'd, we'd fly with it and uh, see what happens. It's, I mean, I am a soft, uh, sad boy, and Paul is an artiste, so it's it's a little, you know, we just, we have feelings and we soft, like to share sad, them We're with the you. soft, sad boys of the podcast arena. No, no, that's, that's kind of the joke. They're all soft, sad boys. Really? I mean, like, probably 80% of podcasters. Yeah, they're all like, wow, like, I just need to be in my room and talk about stuff. Right, that's I mean... What, that's what we're doing right now. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Just sitting here talking about our feelings. This is where I can express myself freely. Yeah, that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry. So, I made um, myself laugh. That's so good. <laughs> so... I, I guess a good place to start for this is, is the fact that I just... Spe- I, I'm going to steal the moment uh, Ooh, here he's from my friend uh, Ryan. This is Paul Cushing, by the way. I don't think uh, I introduced myself um, I feel like by if- myself just yet. And so I want to talk about... So today um, we are marking... Um, we're also going to mark the day by saying this has been approximately two years since we started podcasting and we are going to celebrate after um to to say that we have continued to do this despite many challenges and things that have come across uh for both of us and i'm very serious life events yeah yeah, and um i'm incredibly grateful to continue doing this and and um to have someone who has continued to fight to keep this going so um uh, we we did have what like an eight month break in. We there, did have like, like a six to eight month hiatus for a yeah. very legitimate reason. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, um, my mom had passed, and that kind of just took the wind out of my sails in many aspects of my life, and so, <laughs> and so now we're we're here we're here at the eve of the World Cup, and I had just finished something very very similar. We uh, today that is related to the World Cup. I am a goalkeeper coach for Northfield Mount Hermon, a um, an elite boarding school um, here in the United States, and they I witnessed a six-five penalty loss in the semifinals of the New England Prep School Academy playoffs, and it was heartbreaking, and I. I felt like it was a great way to tie in to the feelings of, of a World Cup because there are so many emotions that run over the course of a game, moment, um, like like detailed second. Um, and the the game today was just so wonderfully poised and just back and forth and big chances were missed and really scrappy goals were scored and um, both teams were fighting every giving every ounce on the field to see who would who would move on to the final which is tomorrow back-to-back days is kind of intense um 
and we get to penalties and we go first which is an advantage um yeah. if people don't realize it is a it's a massive advantage to go first in penalties so when you you see teams go up and you have the team that goes first it, that team is it's like two to one that they'll win most likely something around that mark uh don't you guys can give a specific number if you wanted to but it's an approximate thing yeah and um, we ended up going first we ended up having the opportunity to go first and we started really well and then we had our best player hit the crossbar and out oof um it's heartbreaking but then our goalkeeper made a save on the very next pen which was just amazing and then we gone back and forth back and forth we get to round seven or round yeah round seven and we both have missed one and our captain our like fearless captain goes up and he hits the underside of the crossbar and goes out Ugh. and <laughs> just felt like it was a little deflation and then their keeper came up and stroked it home and that was the end and our kids were heartbroken and crying on the field they knew their season was over that was it and um i just remember thinking i just had this very um poignant moment about the whole thing like i was up and down like uh, as the game was going on like going through all these emotions like intensities things that were happening um, just making sure staying positive with the players and all I could think about was man I'm pretty happy right now the kids gave everything they could we gave everything we could and those kids fought hard for each other and they were positive and I was like that's all you can really ask for at the beginning of the season I worked with a player who had his struggles over the course of the season with playing time and all kinds of things. And we had talked about, like, what are the things that you can control in the co over the course of a day and over the course of your life? Which was pretty deep with regards to soccer. Mm -hmm. And one was showing up. And he's just like, you just show up. So, like, right now we're here. We're podcasting. That's the first mm -hmm. part. It's a big deal. The second one is that you're present. So we're... We're trying to be present in the moment. It's a day before a World Cup, a very controversial World Cup, where a lot of th crazy things are happening. And um, we're starting to see, like, um, what it is, like, what money can do in a positive and negative way in reaction um, to these great events that can occur. A lot of it, money has become a huge, huge problem. Um, I think in some ways in the way that these things are run and, and put together. Um, and I think it's why so many people, I think that's why people are really upset is because people, people aren't being listened to. Um, they're only listening to where, where money will flow. Anyway, um, three is that you work hard. Um, just do what you can to work hard while you're there, while you're present. Um, and then four is to be there for your teammates or your family or whatever way you want to describe it. Just be there for them. Be in support of them. Be there to comfort them. So when things go wrong or things aren't going well, you're not harassing them or giving them a hard time. You're saying like, all right, let's go. Let's try to do the next thing. Let's, well, what do you need? What can I do to help you? How are you doing? What are, what, what are those things that you can do that, to offer them? Right. 
And I just felt after the end of that game, after we lost today, a few hours ago, <laughs> was <laughs> that they were supporting each other. They were all picking each other up. They were all hugging and consoling each other after a tough game. And I was like, this is a really good moment because they have struggled this year. It's not an easy year for some of these players. So I was just very grateful for, for this day. And to be here now, I wasn't sure if I was actually going to be here or not because he ran. He ran a little late. I ran a little late, but if we had won, um, oh, I would yeah. have been in a hotel room for the night. Yep. So that would have been a little problematic to show up for this thing. But now I'm here, and I'm ah. talking about, it, and it's kind of a great thing. You and know, some to, things are more important. Some things are a little more important. Yeah. Like we could have, I would have been in a final uh, tomorrow. Possibly would have been in a final tomorrow if if things had gone diff- slightly differently. A crossbar uh, knocked the ball into the back of the net instead of instead out. Of out. Um, but um, coming back to the World Cup, um, you're going to see this a lot. This thing, the thing that happened with me, and I think with me it didn't really happen with me the thing that i uh watched and uh, and observed um over the course of uh about 115 minutes they didn't play a full full match but um a full 120 they didn't go into that that sort of length but it was pretty close yep um it was you're we're going to see emotions like that over the course of um over the course of a month yeah. And I think we, why some of these um, things are so great, like the World Cup can be such a great event, is because we get to see human emotion at its height. Like when people have come so far and have traveled so far and so long to come to this moment in their journey and they have this opportunity to do this thing. Um, and then you can also see like the anger and the rage and the disappointment and the utter joy and excitement, and then the fun of it all. Yeah. It's all brilliant. To play as human, you know? We we all do it in one way or another. And for 16 teams, this feeling that Paul has described, in about a month, 16 of these teams leave heartbroken. And 16 teams get to move on to try and stave off that heartbreak just a little bit longer yeah and there's a beauty in that you know like there's like fighting for something with people that you come to to care about and you know that you're all pulling together with um team sports are i think really important for that um but it's for pretty much what 31 teams you're gonna go home real sad mm-hmm. <laughs> And and there's a really human element to that. Uh, yeah, as I was gonna say, the um, the sad thing like about this is that we have we have turned so many things into business, into yeah. a business thing that the that this event has been soured by it. Yes, because. The thing is, is like we should be over the moon about all of the things that occur in, in an event like this. But what has happened is that so much money and so much, you know, grift 
and so much so much of these things that have occurred around it now is is now made us more um cynical about what this is actually about which is gathering people together to celebrate their culture yeah. and celebrate uh, like who they are and to play in, in 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 this microcosm of what is a game you know like we now like we now we just expect things to be just soured because money has played such a part in it and it's not to say that money doesn't have its value in the world but i just think sometimes we overvalue it and undervalue the human element of 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 what these things actually are yeah and i remember so eight years ago was one of the most tumultuous summers of my life i would say just a lot going on and i remember being just so excited for the world cup and like four years ago i was into it but the united states wasn't there so it was a little bit weird um you know i watched a bunch of matches but there i had other stuff going on and i i wasn't as into it as maybe normally i would be but eight years ago, just the joy of being there. I remember catching at a bar the end of, was it the Ghana game? No. Who Were you talking about the U.S.? Yeah. The Jermaine Jones. Um, Finish? Yeah. They curled it. That was against Portugal. That was Portugal? Yeah, right. he and curled that's what, it into the corner. What get like gets us through, right? He well no they won a game they didn't yeah. they didn't win that Portugal game they drew it I no they drew the, it but that was I can't remember what game they they beat Ghana that was they did beat Ghana in the group they um, John Abraham Lincoln Brooks yeah I remember that I thought that was uh, Clint Dempsey Tim Clint Dempsey like scoring on a sucker punch of a um, counterattack but Bro- I could be wrong I Brooks had was, one game winner in like the dying embers. Yeah, I'm blank. Maybe it was that. I don't know. But I th- I thought that it was um, Clint Dempsey because I remember him being all like pumped up and angry looking. Being and, being Clint Dempsey about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we love Clint Dempsey. Like I mean, I mean someone thinks he's like the greatest player of our of our U.S. men's national team. He got his nose broke for us. I will disagree. <laughs> yeah, you're a Landon Donovan guy, and you know I'm not I'm not mad. I I'm like just... my emotional. I'm I just like my emotional, emotionally intelligent, um, um, feeling players, and that's no. what he is. So you know what? You two are good company for We're each feels. other. I would. Do you, do you remember four years ago? Huh? Do you remember four years ago? What happened? Four what years he did ago? when the United States wasn't in the World Cup? What did you say? He said we should support Mexico. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Well. Listen, look. If Canada was like, in it, he would have said the same thing. We have like one rival. <laughs> the yeah, the only he, person we can't he's someone, support. He's the someone only team. who, yeah, but he's someone who's like, let's let's let bygones be bygones and like just like support the thing, the people that are closest to us. They had thrown bags of urine at him before, and he's yeah, I know, I know, and he still was like, no, yep. let's support this country because they. They are carrying a flag for CONCACAF right now. 
And there's a lot of, uh, there's a great Mexican population in the United States. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, I understand. Just also, I mean, how dare you? You're, you're sounding very nationalist right no, now. No, it's not nationalism. It's sports rivalry. It's, it's, it's a different thing. It's not national. I mean, yes, because they're it's by by borders, <laughs> which are basically useless. But like, get you all fired up. Oh yeah, and I like. I, well, it, I mean, you could have said I'll go and support England. That's fine. Bullshit. I can I can at least respect that. You're still wrong, but I can at least respect that's it. That's bullshit. Of of all the other countries. I mean, you Oh, so now this whole rivalry with England is like not that big a deal to you? He could have chosen Costa Rica. He could chose a whole bunch of he different countries. He didn't choose Costa Rica. He could have chose Uzbekistan. He could have chose why he chose Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, and I'm fine with all those. You know why he chose Mexico? Why? Because the US men's national team hadn't brought him on the bus for all the qualification matches. What, in 2018? Yeah, he had he... retired by then. He was done. Well, just the way that it had all ended. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the players were really upset. I mean, Taylor Twelman was a former U.S. national team player. He was freaking out about it. About what? Them losing, not making it to the World Cup. Oh, yeah, no, it was... It set the United States soccer program back by a few years. It there. didn't set it back. It just recalibrated it. Yeah. You know, like, it's not that, it's not, they they knew that there was a generation gap in a way. There, there was something not right with some of the players of that generation, and they had to live with that. Actually, and, they call it the lost generation. Players from, like, 2008 to, like, 2016 or something like that. There's, like, a whole generation of players. Like, um, who was the striker who played for uh, Juan Aguadalo? Was it? Juan Agadello. Yeah. yeah. Played for the Revs for a little while. Yeah. And, yeah. like, he was supposed to be their next guy, but then he got in that car accident. No, no, no. That's Charlie Davies. Oh, okay. Juan Agadello was a guy who had, like, a lot of promise, started up really young, mm-hmm. and then went to Europe. Things, like, flamed out real quick. And then he came to the United States, and he just never really fully developed. I ran into him in an Adidas store one time. It was actually kind of cool. Yeah. He was a nice guy. I'm sure he, was. I, he was not. He was not happy that someone was like, "Ooh, Juan Agadello." I mean, I totally understood. I just left. Him, right, I left him alone instantly after that. I'm like, I am so sorry. I will never do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, but like uh, Beasley, Juan Agudelo, Demarcus Beasley. Yeah, no, nah, he was a good player. He was okay. He was a good player. Like so, he, I, people, like he's a, the fact he played for like fourteen years for the U.S. men's no, national but team is he. But he was a he was such a serviceable player. He played until that in that twenty eighteen qualifying. I know, cut. and it, it's it's not has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with the players that didn't develop. Oh yeah, no, that's kind of that's he was, but he was still playing at a fairly high level. He's playing in Mexico as a starter. Yeah, at in in 2018, like he was, it wasn't like he wasn't like he was playing like in the third division of 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 England or anything like that. Right. I just I think the hope was that players would have surpassed him at the time. I mean, so he's sure. a little bit of a. But he was still. I mean, he was a very. He was still like a really good player. Who's, like who was better, him or DeAndre Yedlin? At the time. Uh, I mean, just overall at uh, at their kinda, peaks. In, yeah. Oh, Demarcus Beasley for sure. Okay. DeMarcus Beasley was a better... I mean, DeAndre Allen is a very good player. DeMarcus Beasley was like had was special at times. Okay. Like, he forged his way through Europe, like, on his own, and actually played for some pretty decent teams. Yeah. 
and did all right for himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not to say that John Daniel is not a like not is not a good player. He was a very good player, but I think he, Demarcus Beasley was like a really like he he was a freakishly fast player. Yeah, and he was pretty skillful on the ball. And the thing is, he was so he was still good enough to be a left back at the end of his career. Right, like he, when he like was transferred light. further yeah. back, which is not an easy transition to make, yeah. especially if you've been an attacking player this whole time. Um, so yeah, no, definitely Demarcus Beasley. Yeah, um, uh, and it didn't help that like Fabian Johnson got hurt. I mean, they lost never, players in the yeah. process. There was a whole dysfunction within the U.S. men's national team with yep. those players. I mean, we we can call it what it is. And honestly, did no one any favors at the end there. Like he, a lot of guys were playing out of position and somewhat confused by what the tactical instructions were. Or is were that not is that Clemson's fault? You think? Yeah, a lot. A lot of the players from around that time uh, have kind of been like, yeah. Sometimes you would be like, what am I supposed to be doing? I, mean, I have no idea what the left back is supposed to do here. And that's, that's so interesting be because I feel like, yeah. if anything, he um, it made the U.S. grow up and how they treated and and took games different seriously in a different way. You know, like it, he he came around and and had to make some like really difficult, necessary growth for this national. Oh yeah, team. I agree, and. In, it culminated in something being like for for them to miss a World Cup, but yeah. The and thing I mean, is, that's is, not all on Klinsman. They brought in Bruce Arena uh, to to fail them at the end in the hex there. It's um, I, and I don't even blame Bruce Arena because the thing is, is the rot had been happening years beforehand. Yeah. The thing is, is that like the, the Klinsman had been trying to blood players and bring new ideas and talent to that squad because he knew that there was nothing after 2010. Right. He he was looking at who he had and he's like these guys are not good enough. I need to see if like somebody has some kind of a Was he in like, charge of, he wasn't in charge of 2010, was he? I think that was still Bruce Arena. I can't remember. Um no, maybe it wasn't Bruce Arena. That was Bob Bradley. Yeah, Bradley. It was Bob Bradley. And get to 2014. That I think then that was Klinsman. Yeah, Klinsman was around for Brazil, right? Yes, I believe so. Hold on, we're gonna we're gonna double check this really quick. I think it was still Klinsman. He was coaching Hertha, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he was around for um, the World Cup twenty fourteen. That's why he started twenty eleven, twenty sixteen, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. And it's when they started looking absolutely terrible in some of the like non friendlies when they right at the beginning of uh, qualification. Um, where they're they like, lost oh. to Costa Rica like three or four nil, right? Something yeah, like and it's like, whoa, we, this is not good because the players looked visibly upset. Like they were like, "How are we supposed to win?" It, it got bad at the end. Well, the, I, I think the thing was is that it, I, I, I feels like he realized that the talent wasn't there yet, and yeah. he it needed 
he knew that he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And he was trying to do whatever he could to try to cover up the weaknesses that they had. Uh, it's so a lot of people forget how important um, Michael Bradley was for the U.S. Yeah. for a very long time because of the, uh, I think, actually similar reasons. I think Michael Bradley also understood if he ever passed forward, it would be an immediate giveaway. So he, uh, you know, became the master of the back pass. It's like, well, uh, I can't put it forward. They'll lose it as soon as somebody presses them. So let's kick it back to defense mm-hmm. and see if we get a clear passing lane. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of... I mean, we we could talk all day about U.S. players that never fully developed. Teal Bunbury is another Teal. one. I like uh, Teal. And Teal is a good... Teal, I mean, I, I've watched many games that Teal yeah. played in because he was a revolution player for... And like sometimes, he's, sometimes he even looks good. It's uh, just... It wasn't... Yeah, there, <laughs> he was really effective, but the, yeah. he... He never fully developed because he was he was meant to be this like like crazy goal scoring. Never yeah. Eddie Johnson is another guy that like comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Davies was just really unfortunate because he yeah. was he was that guy. He was gonna yeah, and be, he was actually shaping up to be. I mean, he was playing in France and he was playing yeah. pretty well in France, and then that accident kind of just ended all of it. He came back and played for the Revs for a while and played in Philadelphia, yeah. I think, for like a year, and then he was done. Um, and now he's like an ambassador for the Revs and like helps out, does all those things. And yeah. he's very grateful for what the Revs have offered him. He's a local guy. He's a Boston guy. He played yeah. for Boston Bolts and did all that. Thing. I'm trying to think. Who else is uh, Jeff Cameron? Jeff Cameron had a pretty good career. Jeff Cameron was pretty good. He yeah, actually he played, he played in a in bunch in of places. And he played, played in the Stoke Premier City. League for a while. Yeah, he played in Stoke yeah. City for a while. He, um, he, he, I'm trying to think of where else he played. He played somewhere else, too. He played a lot of places in England. Yeah, but he also played like other countries, I think too. Maybe a little bit. Um, but then there's, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I'm trying to remember. I so I pay a lot more attention to these youngsters that are coming up than uh, than Paul does. I'm trying to remember. There's a whole list of guys somewhere in my brain that were supposed to be like the next big thing that just like never even really made any noise. Um, but that's what happens sometimes. That's not. Oh yeah, that development from 17 to 21 or 17 to 23. Um, Arsene Wenger is like, like can can tell you about this. He's like, it's this is like the most important development period. Yeah. So you can have a whole bunch of technically sound players, but it's like, will they do it in front of people? Will yeah. they do it with sixty thousand people yelling at them? Will they do it? Will they do it when it's really crappy out and they don't want to be there, and their their family life is a mess and. Speaking of Stoke, can they do it on a rainy Tuesday night in Stoke? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, they, can they can they do it when? Um, can they do it w- like with the idea of that there's like 15 women waiting to sleep with them outside the door right. anytime they want? Just assume like, can you just be you like, know? yeah, I guess I'm not going to go out tonight. I yeah. have a big game tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was one of the things that Wenger actually like um, was. It was one of the things that Wenger actually. Um, looked in with players so mm-hmm. like there were times like he would you know court players and mm-hmm. beautiful woman that passed by and like i think this was a with olivier Giroud. i think of all the players like he's mm-hmm. like i mean talk about a good looking man i mean yeah he can he could court any woman he wants yeah. and then and so this beautiful woman walks by they have a game going they have a game the next day mm-hmm. and the woman's trying to get his attention and he's just not interested. doesn't care and right. he's like and yeah. it was just one of those things that Wenger's like all right this guy is f- he's focused gonna be on fine. one thing yeah. he's gonna do his job and that he's gonna be great for us yeah. and that's it um, um 
I was gonna. What was I? Gonna, I had a thing specifically. Ooh. Yeah. Um. So baseball has a a really good analogy for this. Um. So, uh, young pitchers are like tea leaves or tea bags. You don't mm. really know what you got until you get them in hot water. And I think there's a lot of that for these technically sound, very athletic players. Like you don't know what it's like until you have a guy who's been doing this for ten years who you run by him. He slices you down. He's not chasing you. Whatever, man. It's a free kick. Right, right. <laughs> well, uh, and the other thing is, too, is that, like, yeah, there's, like, a fan factor. Because the thing is, mm-hmm. is when these guys play at academies, there's no one really watching. Yeah. There's just scouts watching, which is, like, they that gets old real fast. Right, you don't even notice. But when, like, lots of fans all of a sudden are on top of you and they're mm-hmm. screaming at you and they're doing all these things, they're, they're telling you how bad you are and how bad your mother is and how bad your family mm-hmm. is and how how... You, they can't wait to see him later, so he can, they can say all this crazy stuff to him. And yep. um, when John Joe Shelby is warming up on the touchline and they're chanting "Harry Potter is coming for you," yeah, like you yeah. know, you, you have to have a bit of a, hey, that's me they're talking about. Yeah. Like just kind of, or you just like, you don't hear yeah. it at all. Like you just hear noise, mm-hmm. you know, because it can easily turn into that. I think sometimes you can get hyper focused on those things. You're yeah. like, oh my god, oh my god. I I think it probably actually depends on. Um, one personality but two probably like position if you're a striker probably you want to hear all of it you're like hell yeah now i'm amped up whereas like a goalie probably just wants to be like the deafest person on earth <laughs> like, i feel like i feel like if you hear nothing yeah you just you're probably hear, you, you're like you're there because yeah. the thing i mean there are times like you you want to hear it to to motivate you but yeah. you also like but in the the moments that you need to yeah. to be ready I think that's like more, you know, it's so funny that we talk, like here in the United States, we talk about how, like, like oh, if we had the crowds. best, huh? Well, no, no, we talk about, oh, how we, if we had the best athletes, like, if we had <laughs> our best athletes, that we would be so great. And honestly, I don't know if it's of our best athletes, it's the, we have the best processors of minds. Yeah. Like, LeBron processes the game of basketball better than almost like 99.9% of the players that have ever existed in the game, right? Uh yeah, I have a friend who talks about like the different level, different kinds of intelligences all the time. And uh one of the things he loves to bring up is like people don't necessarily think of LeBron James as this like genius, but he understands spatial relationships way more than anyone else. Oh yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. just his ability to be like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be like this far away." Like at lightning speed while everything else around him is moving is insane yeah like and i mean you and i both play sports so like we understand like what that kind of looks like but also i the speed of what they're doing is so much more than anything we've ever i i mean i understand the manipulation of space like i as someone who has played many five aside and 11 v 11 like i understand how to manipulate space and like create space for others Mm -hmm. and hit like reverse balls and cross balls Mm -hmm. and all those things and like people don't understand like that ability to process the game in front of you at at a speed at mm-hmm. like at like full speed you're going 15 to 18 mm-hmm. miles an hour is 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 something that is not easy to acquire and it takes and and sometimes it's something just you're born it feels like you're born with yeah and people don't realize like that's when like when fans are in front of you 
and people are yelling at you and, and everything is going wrong and you can still do that thing. Right. Like that's, that's the make of someone. And that's where that development comes from at the end. It's like, I don't think there's much difference in development from, for kids anywhere around the world now from like nine to 17. Yeah. It's then what, what happens is that these players have to be in front of like fans and develop themselves in games that matter and see if they can actually, and that becomes a mental side. It becomes a psychological side. And this is the next development that the United States has to acquire. Yeah. We, this, and this is like where these like English, like this English colonialism part of our lives is an effect, is an affect of what is happening because we have to be so cold and we can't talk about our feelings. We can't right. do this. Or we can't do that. When in reality, that's all we need, really need to do is not maybe not necessarily talk about our feelings, but to understand what these things do, like what these environments do to our bodies and how, how we can improve that over time. Mm-hmm. And now to, to pull this conversation we're having right now to the World Cup, when you look at these players, mm. right, and we've just been talking about um, all this pressure all of the like doing it at as fast as you can, tuning out the noise. It cannot be overstated. This is the biggest tournament of these players' lives. Everything they've pretty much ever done leads up to the World Cup for them. Yeah, it's this this and I would say the Champions League. Those are the two I think are like the I, two. Yeah, but the no, the, I, the reason why, because all of the best players around the world play in the Champions League, right? Right. Everyone goes to play in the Champions League. I would, I would say 90%. Yeah, 90, yeah 90, to 90, 90 to 95%, I would say, yeah. would be in the Champions League, right? And, like, they, these players want to be in these environments. They, this is what right. they've spent their whole lives trying to do. Like, much like if we, we like, mm-hmm. not saying that we're going to be doing, like, podcast awards or anything like that, but... Right. They eventually, like maybe, like we're we're pretty bad at this, but maybe we get a little better, and we get right. a little better, and we get a little better. One percent better sudden, every day. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, oh man, we're being nominated for this thing, and you're like, wait a second, I never thought that was possible. How did I get here? How did I get here? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you should continue your take because I feel like I interrupted you. Oh, it's fine. So you're gonna see some young players like uh Jude Bellingham for England is on the plane, right? Yeah. He's 17 years old, he's 18 a, years he's old. He's 18 years old. Though. But yeah. The pressure he's faced in his life because he's this very like this very highly touted prospect. He has played some big games. This is unlike anything he's ever faced, right? Yes. And it's going to be a totally different environment. Like the United States men's national team, to bring it um, to bring it closer to home, is the second youngest team of all time. Mm-hmm. I think that's ever gone to a World Cup. Yeah. That's probably gonna matter for good or for bad. A lot of what happens for them is gonna be because they're very young. Yeah. Like there will be times where they are going to be like probably a little scared man mm. like it's the pressure on them especially if you haven't had this specific kind of pressure the teams who've been to the world cup a few times who have players who've been through this a few times know what it's like well a team like england 
which which has a majority of the players who were there four years ago are going to be able to help a guy like Jude Bellingham like keep right. his composure. But Jude Bellingham is like a rare case. He's kind of got this LeBron James thing because he started right. playing professionally. I mean, even LeBron didn't get to do this. I mean, Jude Bellingham was playing um, in the championship at age 16. Yeah. And in England, he's playing in the second division in England at age 16, and he was playing at Dortmund at 17, which is a very fierce place to play. And he, and he's been playing in the Champions League now, mm-hmm. too, for about a year and a half or two years, and he's been really good. And all of a sudden, like, now he's at this environment to be at the World Cup. And you also got another guy, like, in Bukayo Saka, who's another one. He's 19. 20 19 or 20 19 or 20 yeah yeah he's another really young guy who's also doing that same thing and Bukayo Saka's already kicked a penalty in a major tournament final and he missed but he's grown from it intensely like he's he's like taken the moment and is like no I'm taking penalties I'm still taking penalties I don't care like I'm redeeming myself from this moment and I feel like he's he, like is that one was of those the things, uh, Europa League, right? No, it was the uh, oh UEFA Cup. Uh, the UEFA, UEFA, not the UEFA Cup. Um, the the Euro Cup from last year. Okay, right. Yeah, the uh, Euro twenty twenty one or Euro twenty twenty yep. or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, yeah, he he took the final penalty. Like yeah. the thing is, right? Everyone wants to give all these uh, like uh, like he got a lot of crap for missing mm-hmm. that penalty at the end of the game, right? The two players in front of him, Sancho and Rashford both missed mm-hmm. in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he was the only one that was willing to take the last penalty. Yeah. No one else wanted to take that last penalty. He was the only one brave enough to take that last penalty at 18, I think, was he 18 or 19 years old? Yep. It says a lot about him as a person. Jack Grealish was available. And he didn't want to take he it. He didn't want it. Um, I also believe, was this the one where Gareth Southgate, like they were all like, oh, is this going to damage his uh, his confidence? And Southgate just kind of laughed and was like, no. <laughs> like, no. Like he was really bummed out. He does out. not care. He was really bummed out, but he yeah. knew it was, a, it was a place for him to grow. And he's yeah. he, is, he could redeem himself at this World Cup. Maybe right. he, I mean, I'm not saying that England going to win it, but he could have the opportunity to win I mean, it for But they're good. They're a form. good team. Yeah. They're really good, yeah. Same thing for, um, San- maybe not Sancho, but definitely Rashford. I, I think he's on the plane. Yeah. You know? uh, yes, I believe so. Should be. I mean, he should be. He's probably. I mean, he's still one of their better players, even though. Yeah. Who would you take? Rash. While I look this up, Rashford or uh, um, or who's the other one? Sterling. Sterling. Take Sterling. Right now, I'll take Sterling. Can Sterling, even though Sterling. Hasn't been great this year. He's been more consistent than Rashford has been. I mean, and Rashford actually has been better recently in the last couple of months than he had been in the 16 or 18 months prior. Phil Foden's there. Oh, at the World Cup? Oh, yeah, he's one of the better probably. He's probably going to start oh, yeah. for them. Okay. It'll probably be Foden and Sokka on the wings for them with Harry Kane in the middle. That makes sense. That's pretty good. Sokka on yeah. the right, Foden on the left. And Two. Foden can kind of just play anywhere up front there, can he? I mean, they, Sokka could too. I mean, Sokka can't play in the middle, but he can definitely play on either side. Uh, yeah, Rashford and Sterling are both there, as is Caleb Wilson and Jack. No Grealish. Sancho. No, well, he might be listed as a no. No Sancho. Yeah, no Sancho. He's been so bad. He always oh, He has. He's been very not good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Ben White, Eric Dyer. Yeah, Eric Dyer. The 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 problem will be their defense. Connor Cody. Connor Cody, yeah. 
Yeah, John Stones. And Mr. Harry McGuire. McGuire, yeah. Who not not Fakaya Tamori, not no. Fakaya Tamori, who stars at Ace Milan. <laughs> Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire, who hasn't played in Manchester United much in the last eight months, who's been really really bad for about eighteen months. I can and yet, see having to take Maguire because he's been your captain, but I don't know if I'd start him. He's he <laughs> he just shouldn't be there. It's yeah. the thing is is like if you're going on merit and how they play, yeah. he has not been good enough. He has been really bad, and he hasn't played enough. And you're talking about, like, like Southgate wants to take people who have been playing and who have been starting regularly for their teams. Fikayo Tomori has started a lot more than Harry Maguire has. Yeah. Why is he not playing? You know, like, that's... The, yeah. I, mean, we're, I mean, I'm just using his logic for himself, and I get it. Harry Maguire has been a captain for your team for the last three or four years. Yeah. Maybe it's time for a new captain. Maybe it's time for a new leader. It's not like you don't have Harry, Harry Kane there at the top of your lineup. Yeah, starring for you, you know, but or Harry Jordan Kane Pickford isn't, or isn't any of these guys. Captain for um, Tottenham. Yeah, he is. He, he is? Yeah, yeah, oh, he's okay, a, okay. yeah, he's a Tottenham captain. That's what I mean. Like yeah. Harry Maguire is a Tottenham captain. Right. There are other guys who can who can do it. Yeah. I mean, Jude Bellingham is a captain for Dortmund now. I know he's only eighteen or nineteen. He's only eighteen years old, but he at least. I mean, he's he he's been a, he's a captain right now. Yeah. Uh, fa- so famously, we'll I'll roll in. This will be my third sport um that is not soccer i've rolled into this podcast uh the detroit red wings when they drafted steve eiserman mm-hmm. um gave him the captaincy at 18 yep. because they were like you're the guy like we we can tell we know. you know yeah. you know we already know like yeah, you'll yeah. you'll rise to it you might not be good this year you might not be able to handle all the responsibility but it's going to be yours eventually so why not now yeah just take it and we'll just give yeah. it to you and we'll grow from it and that will be that and then guess what they won a lot of games with them yeah and for the, a very long time, twenty uh, years or so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were good. <laughs> they, they were. I mean, I didn't think. I don't think they missed the playoffs for like. From the moment my brother was born until he was twenty eight, twenty nine, they, the they had never missed the playoffs. Thirty years they're in the playoffs. Yep. I mean, that's a that's crazy numbers. Yeah, that's that's a incredible stretch of a uh, success. But I mean, so to pull this back to back to the U.S., um, they still haven't named their captain. Who do you think it's going to be? Mm. My my thoughts are you might see them vote Tim Ream because it, he's the thirty six year old journeyman, could, right? Because if you're going to bring Poison the old him. guy, you might as well listen to him. <laughs> Especially if he's going to play. If if he's going to play and factor in, then... I feel like Matt Turner would be a great captain as well. Yeah. He's, I, he's, pretty, he's pretty vocal in the box, isn't he? He's Well, he's also just like... He's also got a really good demeanor about him. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, certified good dude Matt Turner. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> by Mikel Arteta. Like, like certified everyone who talks human to him. Being, yeah. right. <laughs> like great, great human being. Who sometimes wears mascara when he plays or something like that. I don't know. Is Maybe that true? Does. I don't know. But he's got eyelashes like you wouldn't believe. Like he's just got these beautiful eyelashes. You're like, hey. Oh. like So uh, I, I, from the nose up, do you want to go out? <laughs> Welcome to the weird part of the <laughs> podcast. Um, I mean, hey, Paul's worn makeup before. He did stage. I have more my fair share of makeup. That yeah. is true. Sometimes you just need your eyes to pop for TV or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
very true. That's very true. I guess I'm just like very comfortable in my sexuality about things, I guess. Which is not what is happening at this World Cup. Right, yeah. Hey, phenomenal lead in. Wow, wow. look at that you did a You did a mm, great job. You could you could see me on two wheels anywhere. Just glide my just way glide. through. Yeah, mm. and then we jerked ourselves off about it for like five seconds there. Whoa. Also, also not something hey. you can do at this World Cup. Inappropriate. Yeah, it's very true. That is another thing you cannot do at this World Cup. Yeah. And you can't have extramarital sex. You can't have like, it's gotta be in, uh, you gotta be married. You gotta have the ring on the finger to do that. Or... Get a drink at the stadium. You can have it at the hotel and stuff, but they okay. won't have it at the stadium. But you can't. Uh, you can't get one at the stadium. Designated Budweiser locations but even those, or something. Those, yeah, they they won't even have them there. Oh, they're doing really? Bud Zero or something oh, like that. Oh my god, fake beer. Fake beer. What they they did that? Well, I will say this in in Europe during the Euros when I was there, twenty sixteen, which is a very common thing at some of these Euro finals, mm-hmm. is that. Um, they don't offer alcohol in some of these countries, right? Because but it was already, but it, it's already like well stated ahead of time that they're not going to offer right. it. Now Qatar, one of the deals with Budweiser, Budweiser paid like seventy five million dollars mm. to, to 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 you know to be yeah. the the only beer supplier for this World Cup, and now the country has all of a sudden been like, no, we're not going to do this. And I, if I were Budweiser, I'd be like, hell no. Like, I want some money back for this. They're like, oh, we can do our Bud Zero product, but that's not the same. It's not Budweiser. Right. This this isn't beer. This is dirty water. It's, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's just sort of insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean. And they announced it, like, what, two days ago? Mm-hmm. Like, just out of the blue. Like, so it seems like it was something that was always going to happen. They just were, like, waiting hey, for the ball to drop. Like, waiting Already for in the country, so. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> Too bad for you. We're an autocratic nation. Do what we want. Shut, shut your we mouth. We can do what we want. Shut your mouth. Well, th- there's like other, there's been other stories about, there was like a Danish TV um, news report going on, mm-hmm. and you have to get a, like a very special permit to record live in, yeah. in Qatar. And the nation, like police came by as this guy was recording in front of, not, not anything crazy. It was like he was recording in front of a water fountain or whatever. Right. And uh, I can't remember what, and, and the police came by, and they like shut him down, and they were gonna smash, yep. smash, 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 smoosh, smoosh, smash his camera. Yep. And he was like, okay. And he was like, I like he was like, I've never experienced that before. It's such right, a weird thing. And then they realized that they made a mistake. Cause oh, you can record now. I was like, why, why, why would we record now? Like, what's the point? Right. No, thank you. I've already been threatened. I'm gonna go about my day. It's just one of those things that we're starting to see now. Like, oh yeah, this isn't always this is this place is a little weird. What was it I called this tournament? We're going to see <laughs> Well, it's so funny, like there's like there's, how he avoided that. Continue. What, what, what are we calling it? What oh, from earlier? What were we calling this World Cup? Yeah, what was I calling this World Cup earlier? I can't remember. I wanna say it out loud. You don't want to say it out loud? No, you can say it out loud. I can say it out loud. You can say it out loud. Oh, now I feel like my bluff's been called. Go for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this sort of feels like a wet, sloppy shit of a World Cup. Like, <laughs> it feels like it should be something I'm excited for, and it's just kind of a little unpleasant. <laughs> like you had too much hummus on your on your car ride to um to the podcast, and you're right, like, like I, we- have to, I have to drop a wet sloppy. I shit. have to go. 
I have I I have to run real quick. Yeah, like you know, it was like, oh, I'm all excited for this thing, and then uh, you realize your girlfriend had Thai, uh, like really spicy Indian food, and you're like, maybe I don't want to do that thing now. Ooh, guess I have diarrhea. I shouldn't say there's nothing wrong with Indian food. It's just you know some things just inflame certain parts of the body, and you just realize you're like you're not gonna go there today. It's just it's not an, like it could be really spicy Mexican food. It could be really spicy American food. It could be really crappy American food. It could all do the same thing. Burgers, very cool. uh, yeah, it could be lots of burgers, and the poot shoot is just not happy about for it. For me, if it's just you know any amount of dairy over. Small. <laughs> we're getting real personal now. We're getting real personal. Feel we're free. going to the we're going number twos and we're doing Feel the whole free thing. to cut just however much of this that you want. I feel Nate. like we just I just don't even let's not even involve Nate. Let's just like we I think we just need to full send this. Full send? Yeah, we're just gonna full yeah, send. Yeah, full send, baby. I can't believe I just said that. I, yeah. I am I am one of the barstool cronies at this point, right? Because you say, is that a barstool thing? I think so. I don't know what it is. I I think Doesn't it's just matter. a thing that people oh, that, say. Uh, what's that show? What was that movie with um? What's his name in it? Um, Andy Samberg, Air Rod, Hot Rod, Hot Rod. Does that is that where the full sign comes from? No idea. You have, but I do it? know that it's like all over the place. Hot Rod, no. Or full send, full send, full send, full send, bra, full send, bra, full send, bra, full send, bra. Is it full send, bra? Um. Anyway, but yeah. Um. There's something, I think we're going to see a lot of interesting, uh, weird, uncomfortable things uh, oh, yeah. during this World Cup that we don't want to see. And actually... Do uh, you think a footballer is going to be arrested and it's going to be an international incident? Yes. I, I think it's a possibility. It could be definitely that. I also think I actually don't think it's a possibility. I think it's a probability. It's an inevitability. Right. It's one something is going to happen. And why is it going to involve Cristiano Ronaldo? Oh, I hope not. I mean, it does seem like he's having a bit of a crisis. Honestly, I mean, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> but I actually think, you know, it's in a way, this could be a great thing for Manchester United. Because honestly, the problem that's been happening is that they haven't been listening to anyone or anything. And you yeah. take the club legend of the last 35 years, the guy who helped you win a European title, all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least, the la- I would say the last 15 years. Wait, like, are you Team Ronaldo? I'm not I'm not necessarily Team Ronaldo. What he's done is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I sometimes like you need these moments to happen for you to reassess like where you are, and it's not to say that they aren't doing it. They, Ten Hag is a really good hire, and they he will make that team better. But there's other aspects like he's exposing Manchester United for what they are. He's like he's just another voice and saying like, yeah, um, the Glazers are pieces of shit. Oh yeah, that was that. Was you know real. what I mean? That's, that's real, what yeah. he's really yeah. saying. That's what he's saying is like nothing has changed. I've come, I came back here last year, and nothing has changed from the time I was here ten years ago. Yeah, or twelve years ago, nothing has changed. The 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 training center is the same. Nothing yeah. has been updated. Everything is the same. The stadium has leaks in the roof that actually drop on people, and it's disgusting. Like, these things occur all the time. And, yeah, maybe he's got, like, personal issues with Ten Hag and some of the players and stuff, and that's his own bullshit to deal with. Yeah. But. Listen, I'm down for the for the Glazers, uh, Glazers hate. Um, 
everything else about the Ronaldo situation is absolutely his own fault. Uh, I believe it. It's insane that I'm going to say this. Wayne Rooney had probably the best take on it, where he's just like, he's just got old, man. It happens to all of us at some point. Like, you know, you're n- you're not as quick anymore. You're not quite as good. It's like, you know, it, it's... I mean, that's part of it, but I, I think he's also like... It's not like he set the world on fire with Juventus. He's okay. I mean, he was still averaging close to goal a game. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but like that's I mean, it's still a goal a game. Like it's not like he was averaging like a quarter of a goal a game. Yeah. Even last year for United, the only reason why they finished sixth was because of him because he scored 25 goals last year for them. He scored 25 goals last year. I mean, yes, has his 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 productivity diminished outside of not mm-hmm. scoring goals? Yes, of course. But he still finished 25 times last year. Like I I'm Do do you want poacher uh, so, uh, what teams in the world want Poacher Ronaldo that can not, afford Poacher Ronaldo? That's not what I'm saying. Right. You know that's not what I'm saying. No, I know. What I'm saying, like, what I'm saying is, is are there parts of that interview that are super cringy? Yeah. yeah. Of course. Like, there's like there's a lot of really uncomfortable moments about him and his personal, like, relationships with people that really are terrible. Mm-hmm. But they're, he's bringing up a big, like, you you've got to see the forest from the trees on this because he is exp- he is talking about a club that is still even despite like other people bringing up the fact that they're in trouble like the fact that the guy that you know was pretty important to you for a period of time and it was like i mean became a superstar like full blown world class Mm-hmm. Nike, whatever you want to talk about. If when he comes in, he goes, yeah, you know, the standards are just not the same here as they used to be. They're not of the same level as they were when I was here first time. Like that says a lot. That and that should be what is comes out of it. But the thing is, is like Manchester United are also doing their own petty bullshit, and they're like, oh, we're gonna sue me. We're gonna sue Cristiano Ronaldo for saying all these terrible things about us because we're just really butthurt about it. Can I? Can it's like, I, hey, how about you reflect upon it and actually change the fucking shit? Can I make a point? Sure. The last time he was there, he had one of the greatest, most cantankerous managers of all time as his manager who would have murdered Ronaldo for half the stuff that he's done. It's not even about the stuff that he's done. I, you, you're, like, you're, you're, you're getting clouded in the ego of Cristiano Ronaldo. Like right. you're no, missing that's the why point. this happened. That's why Ronaldo was speaking. No, because no, it's of the not ego about, of the, Ronaldo. No, 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 you're missing the point of the thing, the actual real problem. It's not about Ronaldo. The thing is, it's about Manchester United. The, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo sees that this isn't that, like he comes back to this club thinking he's oh we're we're they were finished second last year we're gonna like I'm gonna be the piece that's gonna help us get over the line right mm-hmm. and he realizes like holy shit I am not that fucking piece right and I have to find a way like this is where now we're starting to get into his ego mm-hmm. his standard is so high for the other players around him he knows what he is I think he knows what he is more than anyone else realizes. I think people get his ego in the way of the fact that he actually knows what he really needs, which is more support than he's ever needed in his entire career. And I can't believe I'm defending this dude because he's not my favorite player. He's Me far either. from it. <laughs> but I'm defending him because, because 
the bigger problem is the club and the owners of the club. And like whatever issues he has with personal people, you guys, you got to throw that away because it's garbage. Like it doesn't matter. What really matters is that he thought he came back thinking like, oh, this place is going to move forward. Like we're moving. Right. We're, I'm going to take them. We're going to win a title. We're going to have one title. We're going to sail off into the sunset. I'm going to retire and it's going to be this great thing. And what ended up happening is he realizes like, oh, this is a dumpster fire. And I, I can't, like, how could I be part of this dumpster fire? What the hell did I do? I mean, you can, you can start looking. I really got you here, huh? Yeah. So, like, why go to Manchester United? Everyone in the world knows Man United is in a rebuild, right? So if you're Cristiano Ronaldo and you think you're going to show up and you're going to waltz in, and you're the guy. You're going to turn it all around. You haven't been paying attention. No, 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 no. He's not saying he was the guy who was going to turn it around. They finished second the year before. Right. They were a little distance away, but like the, they, bought, they thought they had bought all these really, really good players. They had bought Sancho, bought a couple other guys. They thinking had Bruno like, Fernandez. They had Bruno Fernandez. They had all these guys, and you're thinking... And Harry Maguire had been really good for most of that season. They were like, oh, we've got a lot of these pieces in place. Okay, we're going to... Like, Ronaldo's the guy. He's going to score the extra goals that we need, and we're going to win the title, right? We're going to go on that run. And he comes in, and he sees this is more about, the, and this is like, it's it's not, it's even, it's deeper than the training center stuff. This is mm-hmm. like, because obviously Solskjaer and stuff was there. Mm-hmm. It was like, and he brings this up. He's like, he's like before a big, what was it the Liverpool game he talks about? It's like Solskjaer like showed the goal. All right, so this is this oh is yeah yeah I, yeah I know. Solskjaer just yeah. showed the goal of him winning for the World European title. I was like, what right. the fuck is this all about? Right. I was like, that was a that's it. Right. This is our tactical analysis. This is what we're going. Or talk like about. this is like this is the motivation that we need to have. Like right. what the fuck are we doing here? Right. You know what I mean? Like that's what the, it's like yeah. a deep malaise. It's a like deep. And the thing is, is can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. Sir Alex Ferguson is part of the fucking problem. Oh yeah, because he's still fucking there. Yeah, still, still in the stands. He's still in the stands. No, he's still yeah. in the offices. Yeah, like he's still there. The thing is, is like sometimes, like, like that's in a way, like one of the best things that Arsene Wenger did, or when Arsenal did, they asked, they essentially made it a clean break, and we're like, we're not, yeah. we're just. You and Wenger go. knew he couldn't be there anymore. Yep, you gotta go. And it's not to say, and like Mikel Arteta wants him back, and I completely understand that. And I think at this point now, now that there's been space, maybe it's not so bad that he might be there, like right. as an ambassador, right? Right. But the thing is, is like there's always, ever since da- David Moyes got hired, right? Mm-hmm. They think, you think, all right, Alex Ferguson picked this guy out. Um, he's going to be the guy. Um, he's going to take Manchester United, keep Manchester United's glory going. The yeah. problem is... Three, two, two one. one. Mark. Mark. I think ooh, with David Moyes, I th- like, you think... Uh, so Alex Ferguson, we're all over the place here. Uh, we're all over the park right now. We're six and sevens at the back. We're um, just talking about whatever we want. We had no plan, and boy, howdy, you're getting an hour and a half of unfiltered thoughts. Yeah, and we're just going to send it out there and see what happens. Yeah, you know, we got an editor for some reason. Uh, we don't need an editor today. Like I said, full send. 
full send. Full send. We're not even get. He's not even looking at the audio. We're no, just, we're just yep. gonna. Sorry, Nate. You're just not gonna see it. You're just gonna <laughs> listen to it, and you hope that this that is we our. Haven't said anything. This too is insane. our unfiltered, beautiful madness. It's all madness right now. Um, it's the night before the World Cup. We. It'll be a beautiful day tomorrow. Um, yeah. Uh, but. I was gonna go. Uh, I I want to finish this Manchester United really shit. Yeah, <laughs> full <laughs> wet hummus shit. <laughs> disgusting, disgusting. We are disgusting human beings. We're we are the raccoons at the at the garbage fire. Well, concert. Um, yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the garbage fire. Welcome to the garbage fire. Um, so I want to finish this Manchester United point just briefly. Um, <laughs> with briefly, that's not gonna be briefly. <laughs> well. Alex, so Alex Ferguson picks David Moyes to be the next guy, right? Moyes was okay. He was. He didn't even finish the season. Yeah, I know that was not his fault. No, well, this is the problem, right? So right. for after Ronaldo left, that Manchester United team won a couple titles, right? Mm-hmm. But the bigger problem was, man, uh, Alex Ferguson didn't make great purchases for a good three or four years, right? And his midfield had completely been derailed like he just lost he didn't have no real pieces in the midfield he r- essentially like brought Paul Scholes back from the dead <laughs> you know like the, yeah. these types of things were happening consistently he bought Robin Van Persie at t- 30 for 25 million pounds which at the time was a lot of money yeah Van Persie was okay he was great for, for the year yeah he won the yeah. title that year yeah which in retrospect Great. It was the last year, I think. That was Alex Ferguson's last year. He won the title in that last year, right? After that, Van Persie fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Right? Still plays, by the way. Crazy. Not professionally. Where? Oh, he no. Retired. He, he might have retired a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Pandemic time. You jerk. Pandemic time yeah, skips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so he hires David Moyes. He's like, all right, take care of this. I feel like you can do this. What was it, eight months and he's fired, right? Yep. The complaint was that his tactics are old, everything about it, his his everything about what he does is old mm-hmm. and rotten and really what the problem is is that he had a serious talent drain at that yep. club that he couldn't fix in one year. And Alex Ferguson left because he knew that the talent drain was so bad that he wasn't going to be able to recover from it. And like, he was hey, not going to look bad. These guys the are end. bad. Yeah. Here you go, Moise. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not going to be here to look this bad. And the thing is, too, is the recruitment was so poor. David Moise is like, oh, I need two central midfielders. Yep. And he couldn't get any of them in. And it took like a year before he ever got a central midfielder in. It took a year to get Ander Herrera in and um, Marilyn Fellaini. Yep. And it, it, he likes Fellaini a lot, but it's not the yep. guy that he really wanted. Like, he kept on trying to, like... And you're like, what the hell is going on here? Was that, uh, Maybe it was 18 months. It was like 8 or 18 months that he was there. He mm-hmm. was Maybe he was there for a full season plus. So I can't remember. But he was not there for very long. Everything fell apart. And then they bring Van Hollen. I think that's who they brought in next. It was Lee Van Hollen. Yes. Actually, a very smart hire because he got them organized and did all this. But the thing is, is recor- recruitment again. And the other problem is, is um, what was the other problem? Youth development. Where did it go? So, like, they, they, Manchester United had always been a youth development, like, yeah. powerhouse. 
like this is before the the glory of 92 and all that stuff you have busby's babes who tragically lost um their lives in a plane accident in 1958 um i think part of it is that they had uh I'll, I'll call it I think there's only a set number of truly great players in the world. There are plenty of very good players. Sure. But like like the like hey, you're going to be one of the 15 best guys in the world. Yeah. Th- there's only just so many of those guys you can find, right? Right. And I think around this time you're starting to see Dortmund grab all of these great youngsters you're seeing man city getting a lot of these young players that united used to get and stuff like that i think it just started going to other places ax who always did it but like with the internet now everybody sees it now they have a larger group of people they can pull from i think there's that is part of it but there's also like i think it became a place where people are like well I know I'm going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah. And like, I don't have to be at my best all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be a lot of like, not a ton of repercussions, not a ton of repercussions. We'll finish like fourth or fifth or sixth. We'll still get like 200 grand a week and we'll just do our thing after that. Who's the Chicago fire, uh, legend who was at man United and had to train with the, um, youth team. German guy. Oh, Bastian Schweinsteiger. Schweinsteiger. Schweinsteiger, yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly how that story... What? He was overweight. Was that what it was? Yeah. Oh. He was out of shape and overweight. Oh. That was like the big thing. I mean, he was like And 34. he was like... I mean, yeah, you signed him for like $5 million, Yeah. Hoping that he was going to be like... Oh, he's gonna come in. He's gonna be a midfielder guy. He's his legs were gone. He had been playing since seventeen. Right. He was playing seventeen at Bayern Munich. Like he was he'd old. Been playing he'd been fifteen hurt. years. Like, yeah, he was gonna have to. You were gonna have to work on it a little. <laughs> he had already won a World Cup at that point. Right, he'd done everything he's you done. could do. Yeah, right. You signed him. You signed him so that he could help turn your culture around. So he kicked him to the to the second team. I don't know. That it was, was just, it. Was a weird. It was just a weird situation because, like, it didn't seem like the players were super keen on it. Yeah, they were. They were sort of like, "Why are you doing that?" So I don't. Well, Lee Van Hall like was like, well, like he knew what he needed, and he was one right. of blooded youngsters. Like, yeah. why is Marcus Rashford was a Lee Van Hall thing? Like these guys came in and came through because he's like, because Van Hall knew that he needed he like the team wasn't good enough. He needed to change. Yeah process right yeah and the thing is is they kept on bringing players like paul pogba right he's an enigma wrapped in an enigma wrapped in an enigma i don't know what the quote is there's something like i'm an enigma uh, wrapped in a my something mind in, is an enigma um i'm an enigma wrapped in a mystery a, or in that's a, wrapped in an enigma. it's something dumb it's yeah. a, it's not it's not that important but what's his position paul i i don't even start with it seems other. like left wing don't but, uh, start with me. Can you? Can we not get into that? <laughs> All I know is that I love like Paul Pogba, the player. Has a, he's a very talented, special player, but for some reason he doesn't fit in a, like almost every system that like, you put him in. Right, except for France, and like that one in those two years next to Pirlo and at Juventus. Like, yeah, that was it. Other than right. that, like 
Because Perlo sat and was stationary. Right. And he ran around like a madman just yeah. doing all the other things. And like that was and that was it. It worked. Cause, and it worked. Because, you know, Pirlo was like, yeah, go do all those other things. I'm just going to stay here and you cover my ass and we'll do the whole thing. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry. I'll get you goals, kid. I'll get you goals, kid. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you, you do all the work and you give me the ball right. and I'll go flick it to someone else. and Easiest goals you'll ever get. Promise. Like Anyway, so all of the purchases that they made. Like they they had these clear needs, they tried to to try to fill them, and every single time they filled them with the wrong type of player. And the thing was, is the thing that I kept on thinking about was feeding the monster. Do you remember this whole Boston Red Sox thing? This was like ten years ago. I think so. With like chicken and beer and all these things. Oh like yep, yep. They had to sign these players to feed them, and they signed Carl Crawford and. Yep. Was yeah, and and like these guys that uh, David Price, they had these guys that just wouldn't. They knew, like, the thing is, is I think they knew deep down that they weren't Red Sox players, like, but they tried to fit them in. Yeah. Adrian Gonzalez, was that another guy? Yeah, Adrian Gonzalez was actually pretty decent for the Sox. He just, they traded him for uh, a few with, things that they needed because they... Well, they, that was, like, with the Carl Crawford thing. They just sent him all away, yeah. and Josh Beckett, right, to, to the Dodgers for, like, yeah. nothing just so they could get rid of the salary. Beckett had gotten, had gotten old and kind of, like like beat up out of shape kind of like Schweinsteiger where it was like he's just not that guy anymore and he's not going to be able to keep and he was a part of the whole culture problem that was happening there right ah the culture problem was a bit of a like was a little bit of a classic Boston sports writer hit job where they carry water for the organization when a beloved manager gets fired that's kind of what happened to Tito Francona they just weren't good their players just weren't all that great um and Carl Crawford, like at the time when he was getting signed, was it Carl or was it? I think it was Carl. Yeah, yeah Carl um, Crawford. Yeah. There's a there's a couple more that have come through the league that, and so I just wanted wanted to. Um. He was never going to make it in Boston. They knew he, it. He was a California, Florida boy. Like he he played for the Marlins or for the no I'm sorry for the Tampa Bay Rays for like eight years and it was like you know this guy's not gonna want to deal with the Boston media right oh yeah he hated it like it's hated a, it's every a fish moment bowl, of his time man. yeah right well he went to Los Angeles it wasn't like it was any better for him but no but LA's liked, fine uh, it's and, the uh, Bay life out there yeah I mean <laughs> that's a good point yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like you're like the twelfth most interesting thing going on at any given time in LA. And the other eleven things are just beautiful women or men that are walking right, by, like right. like saying like, "Hey, do you see this like this um, resume, this that I, this like acting resume that I have? Can you right. like check it out, please?" And you're like, "Yeah, sure." Like, "Hey, no did you deal. know the Dodgers got Carl Crawford?" Oh, I think I'd heard that? that. Move on with their day. Do not care. It's... I'm doing a juice cleanse. I don't care. <laughs> right. Gotta get. <laughs> I was I was gonna make a joke that would get a suit, so I'm good. Um, oh, I, you just don't talk about certain organizations that may or may not be evil. And are we talking about like Mister? Yeah, you know, you know, the back, you know certain organizations that might be incredibly litigious. Uh, are we talking like? Are we talking like? Um, is there a lot of science involved in it? Yeah, yeah, they. they okay. Okay, so I brought up some names, and I think you just kind of casually passed them and yeah, didn't, uh, didn't observe it. So, so we're just gonna just continue on with. Yeah, our yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna make a joke. We about, love yeah, yeah. we love Beck. We love Tom Cruise. So um, yeah, you know. So keep your feet in tie. That was actually gonna be my joke. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting sued, Paul. 
Oh, you spilled Coke on my delicious rug, you... I might have... Well, no, I don't think... Maybe? Is it wet, you jerk? You son of a bitch. You dirty, you, you dirty just, son of a bitch. You just dropped a wet, sloppy shit in my I, studio. I blame <laughs> Tom Cruise. By a, a company. Oh, no, Coca-Cola doesn't sponsor the World Cup. I think it's Pepsi. Hmm. He's drinking Coca-Cola. I think that's true. I think Pepsi is. No, no free product placement. No I know. Free okay. product oh, yeah, like Coca-Cola. Like, like Coca-Cola. It really matters to Coca-Cola either way. I mean, they steal our. They're just gonna steal our land, anyways. They're gonna steal this studio. So who cares? Nothing we say or do impacts Coca Cola's bottom line in any way. I made a really deep political joke there about Coca Cola, and I know, I know. Hopefully, some people will have caught on to that. But the average intelligence of our user or of our listener is probably <laughs> very high because there are like eight of them, and they're all our smart friends. <laughs> yeah, there's like, and yeah, and there's someone from Belgium that we have no idea who they yeah, are. Some, yeah, um, random shout out to Belgium reach, guy. Yeah, to the random Belgium guy. Reach out to us. We have emails. So, um, we'll leave them on the podcast and you know, hit us up. Yeah. yeah, bra, yeah. bra or sis, depending on who you are. Belgian person. Or Briat. Bra, Briat. Briat. Briat or Dudette. Dude or Duet. Dudette. Briat. Yeah. Bra. Uh, wait, Brav, are you bravet? Are you yeah. of the French or the German speaking variety? Oh, good question. Yeah. Do you live in Eupen? Eupen. <laughs> <laughs> or do you live in Brussels? It's not a real place. Eupen is not real. Eupen is real. I I disagree. Eupen is like Greenfield. Yeah. And they have a professional team. Greenfield on the top of also doesn't exist. It's a figment of our imagination. It's a, I know. It's a it's a it's a place of transition. I mean, total place of transition. We have two highways that intersect each other, major highways yeah. that intersect each other, and uh, people oh just pass god. through. Oh my god. It's the crossroads. Yeah, it's the crossroads. You can make a deal with the devil there. I know. I know. From We, we do it all the time, too. Like I, I, I talk to the devil every time I go through 2 and 91. <laughs> Does that surprise <laughs> you? A lot of things are making sense real quick. Also, another thing, also another thing that would probably not be uh, very well liked over in Qatar. The devil talking about the de- talking with the devil, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Not yeah. not a good thing. Do they? Do they I believe be- in the devil. Oh, I think they believe in some sort of thing that is like the devil. We are really bad at religion. I do. I mean, I know a lot about the Christian religion. I, I know. I do know love. Oh, I was. I should have talked to my buddy Dan. I he was a. Not a not actually a Mormon, but I lived in a fundamentalist household when I was a young man. A fundamentalist, explain that, please. Uh, like so, the church I went to was. Um, now that I have learned, they are. Uh, like, so they were Baptist, but they were like hellfire brimstone. You can't shake snakes. Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like uh, it was weird to go to the theater and stuff. Like my family wasn't super big on it, but there were people that were. Well, um, so it's it's like you know they they're a little fundy, um, little little fundamentalist, little uh, little wow. you know, no That's fun intense. allowed. Oh, you're talking like I yeah 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 I know what you're talking about yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, later on, um, with some more seasoning, became certain movements we see now. Yeah, what's the name of that church that's in like Oklahoma or something like that? Is it Oklahoma? 
I don't know. Which one? Yeah. Or maybe it's Texas. Or I can't remember what state it's in, but like the Foo Fighters like pass by. Maybe it's Kansas. I can't remember. There's like a church. It's a Baptist Methodist. Oh, the the Westboro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, they're, they're, they're way further along than uh, anything that. Ex- they're maybe extremists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I we wow we've we've taken many turns in this this yep. whole recording haven't we? This has been uh just a wild podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think I, this honestly, I'm realizing that um this is more about we we do we we do tap into culture a lot more than I've ever imagined that we would. Yeah, I and mean like, we, we, we just talk to. about life. I think, yeah. which is really that's that's I mean in a way. I know from when I was a kid, this was the way soccer was the way for me to interact with people from all kinds of different <laughs> cultures and and learn about them. And um, it was a way for me to see a world that I hadn't really had a chance to be part of and and express mm-hmm. all of my emotions in it as well. So I actually can um, I can push this into the into the sport. Um, the sport itself in play. You're having a conversation with other players, uh, so I know just from the little bit of soccer I've played. Sometimes you you put a ball through, and the other guy goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll be there next time." You know, like like the, you can just see him like kind of in their eyes, be like, "Oh, if I keep running, he'll hit me." Like, but I didn't, <laughs> so it's right, right, it's right, out right. of bounds now. Right, you know, and. A lot of times, like internationally and stuff, you're not that I have any experience, but like you're not speaking the same language. No. So you're only talking through your uh, what are they called? They're like um, like questioning passes. I think is something I've heard them called, or like um, there's like, like eye contact message like- balls, like where you like where you'll be like you'll send. You'll send one, even though the guy hasn't exactly ran, and you're like, yeah, "I'll I'll put it there. You go. I'll put it there." Like, oh uh, yeah, you like what happens is you start like, like there are things that you do to like um, show passes like to someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can use your hand, so you put your hand down to the yep. side that you want the ball. Um, and soon you start. What ends up happening is soon you start to start making eye contact with people, and you're yep. like, "All right, that's the ball I want," and you like cool, know gone. exactly what we're gonna yep. do, and without even having to say anything, and and it's a thing that in the United States are, that the United States is still learning, which is kind of surprising, thinking mm-hmm. that we have quarterbacks in the NFL and they do the same exact right. thing. And it's just learning how to do it for just in a soccer realm. That's the only thing yeah. that we're having to learn. But you know, it's just it's just a fascinating. I just think it's fascinating because how much of Qatar did we actually really talk about? Made our periods, but basically not a ton. none of it. No, we did. We got into Qatar quite a, quite a bit. Yeah, a little bit. But I would say. You know, the thing about this World Cup that is, I hope, will be great is I hope it will show enough of the world. The thing that, that stinks is that there's not like this, there will not be free expression at this World Cup. Right. And I know, like, it. Uh, this is a thing I never really got into and it really bummed me out was like watching people on Twitter like being like, oh, like you need to respect their culture and this and that. I'm like, this is not about their culture. Right. This is about an autocratic nation like like holding their ideals so that n- n- no one can be welcome. This is like... 
because cultures are generally more welcoming of other cultures. Like when yeah. you enter into this, like you you become part of the world sphere, right? right. Like you want to enter the world sphere, you want to open up, right? Right. And what Qatar is showing is like, meh, like we're still going to like not really be part of the world, but we're going to, you know, pretend that we are. Yeah. We're just going to, we're just going to try and get you in, you know, and uh, maybe you'll think we're not so bad. Um, and it remains to be seen exactly how that's going to play out. I think a lot of the reason why we've been all over the place, one, because you and I are both incredibly chaotic, uh, like uh, beautiful weirdos. Um, <laughs> but uh, two, because it's kind of really sad to talk about what's like kind of what's going on with this World Cup. Um, and it's supposed to be this joyous thing. So we are giving you probably an hour and a half of um, sometimes very serious and uh, sometimes very, very um, fun yeah. uh, weirdness because that's kind of how the World Cup should be. It should be fun. It should be weird. And it's a shame that we're going to have to be serious about it sometimes. Well, you know, it, it just makes me think of certain things like um, when the Olympics were held in Berlin yeah, in like the 1930s. And th this is not the same extreme. I don't want, I, I realize I paired these together and I, I feel like I've made no, a mistake. It's it's not, it's not too far apart. You it's know, fine. It's like yeah. people, like we forget that these like this this will be a seminal moment yeah in in sport because there will be a lot of things that w we will see some things exposed that we never realized were were possible i can see there being someone at some point choosing to make a stand and what happens after that yep. is going to be big. That'll be the seminal moment. Let, well, let's put it this way. So Hugo Lloris was going to wear a rainbow captain's armband for France mm -hmm. at the World Cup. He's no longer going to do that and the French Federation is no longer contacting FIFA over whether or not he can wear it. Right. Essentially, FIFA has not answered him. Right. Uh, the French Federation, and it's done for a very specific reason because they know. They the thing is, is the French F Football Federation knows the answer. Right. Even though FIFA hasn't said it. Yeah. And it's really about FIFA, like the idea that. Like uh, Infantino has sent some really had this really crazy speech yesterday. Yeah, saw that. And it's a, just another sign about how money affects how the game is seen consistently. And everyone's like, "Well, like, well, look at like colonial Europe, and like, oh, this is not the West, and this and that." And I'm like, "No, it's not." And there are some things you can respect. 
but when it's when you start taking away from humanity like taking yeah. away rights of like you think what would be basic rights for human beings then yeah. you have a problem and people mask those things like people mask saying like oh it's like their culture you have to do this you do that it's yeah. like mm-mm. this is a bigger this is a bigger thing right than that so to be specifically clear um i don't think anyone really cares about whether alcohol will be there like Mm-mm. no you know most people get it okay cool you don't want hooligans that's fine that makes sense the lgbtq plus um call it i'll call it issue in qatar is have you been off no i don't think so oh has no, I don't think so. or is going to be a huge problem it is the reason why people are upset and it's because it's a basic human right that people can love who they would like and i i would also add to the the idea of like people having the ability to work for a proper wage yeah. and um to be safe while also working uh in in an environment yeah. um i know that qatar has really like tried everything possible not to to kind of sweep that under the rug a to sweep that under the rug and not have it be part of of what's happened they they've done yeah. things like oh yeah only like three people have died due to these circumstances and it's like right. wait a second the three other the, what the three thousand people or thirty five hundred people that have been reported dead from these things it's all because of the infrastructure of some of these projects and not necessarily directly on the stadiums of the right. projects and guess what the state the the infrastructure is just as important as important as the stadiums that are being built so that is some grand old bs that was being told malarkey malarkey that was being said um and i think too often we want to sweep it under the rug so we can feel good about like this event that is occurring yeah. I think maybe maybe this is like a seminal moment too because maybe this isn't the first time this has happened. It's for sure not. You know, like maybe this is like something that like maybe we need to be more aware of and maybe Qatar's being kind of just is just like a symbol of the like a bigger problem that is occurring. Like Brazil had a huge, whole bunch of problems for the the Olympics mm-hmm. in 2016. Like a lot of the stuff wasn't finished. Money, they were talking about how like like all this money for infrastructure was going to be be mm-hmm. um, sent, and like people in the favelas were going to get money to, to to so they could work and things like that, and none of that ever happened, and 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 it was all grifted away. And maybe we're getting to a point where we're now really sick of it, and there are these other human rights issues that are happening that that people realize that you know, like are, are we going to sacrifice all of this in order to play a game? Well, at least for the next few months. At least the next answer month. is yes. Yeah, for the next 28 to 30 days, yeah. It is. And I, I it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens cuz recently I I've recently heard that there is this possibility that there are two Premier League players who are in a relationship together. I I had heard that. That's actually uh 
I believe good sources. I don't think it's, I don't think it's scuttled. Oh uh, no, that might have been the sun. But I the idea, I mean, the idea is that the, like some of these things are occurring, and it it feels yeah. like we're about to have another big moment occur. And I think maybe that like this is where some of these like events occur, where like a lot of like we see we get exposed to some of these really bad things that are still ex- that still exist in the world. It's like like Donald Trump being elected is a great example of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like Donald Trump just opened up like this. The hate line. had always been there. It, yeah, like it's still there. It's just been sneaking underneath, and it took yeah. a president who had never a a president of color who had never that had never been elected before, like a like for it to start to really build, so that line could come yeah. out through a president that wanted to hold it. And give it space. Yeah. And just to see like, wow, we still have a lot to learn as a as a human race. And especially mm-hmm. in a country where we you know, we quote unquote pride ourselves on being equal and having equity, even though in reality it's it's not necessarily always that. Mm-hmm. But we're we're becoming more aware that we need to fight more for those things than in our lives and in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And to give that to other people when they need it. Like we need to give space to other other people so they can express themselves fully. And it's really important that we do that. That's why podcasts are so great. We're just a bunch of sad boys. Anyone can talk in a microphone. Express ourselves fully. And we're just a pirate we're just a pirate radio station. We're just dressed up into this thing that's so, sort of fancy. I mean we we got corporate overlords. Yeah, we do. We always do. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a lie. We don't have like a frequency of our own, uh, do we? I post through Spotify and, and RSS and, and all RSS and, and, and Apple Music and yeah. So I mean, maybe we just need to get like our own frequency and just go with it. Yeah, we're just we're just gonna be AM Pirate Radio. AM Pirate Radio. Yeah, uh, that's the thing for us. De- from dead space, dead space for ninety percent. But if you catch us on the right day, maybe we'll just like get a loop of recordings that we do, <laughs> and we'll just like do that until like the actual recording comes, and we'll just. Hello and welcome to the Studio 141 Soccer Propaganda Radio Network. All we do is play the same eight things all day, every day. Well, we will change it. We'll soccer. change it like every few months, and we'll we'll do like seasons, and we'll figure it all out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. So I feel very at ease with these new. We have these new fancy microphone stands, and I feel very much <laughs> at ease with them now. We I have been like slowly it, professionalizing. I feel like just because they're, like this microphone is like right in front of me, I feel like I can talk in a much huskier style. I can talk in my NPR voice. I can talk. I, well, I feel like I can talk in my bedroom voice almost. It feels oh, very bedroomy. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, have we reached the end? I. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. Be- bedroom voice is the end. Feel bedroom like that's where. It's yeah. It, well, um, I mean, Ryan asked me earlier, so we're gonna talk about it later. So. I'm going to leave that open-ended. <laughs> um, I will offer Which no... Which means it's very much closed. <laughs> I will offer no clarification. <laughs> it's very much closed. Let's just make that real. Let's make that real real. Let's make it real hey, real. don't ruin the cross. That, that... What are they called? The slash fic community? You let them believe what they want. Oh, want the fanfics to come out? Yeah, sure. Why not? It'd be a wild read. Um, wow, look at you. 
Dot, 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 dot. Might go somewhere with this. Dot, 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 dot. Anyway, you know what? Hey, bedroom voice. Bedroom voice. Why don't you take us out? This is Studio 141. Wow, I messed it up, didn't I? This is 141 Studio. My name is Paul Cushing, and I've been here with Ryan Whiting. And we talked about Qatar and the cultural impact of this World Cup, amongst many other things. And I have to say, uh, this has been one of my favorite recordings that we have ever done. Um, I feel like we went to some really deep places. And hopefully, we opened up and shared a lot with our with our viewers and our viewers, with our viewers, our listeners, about where we stand and how we want to express our gratitude to all those who have listened this entire time. <laughs> um, we are grateful for your listenership, and we are grateful for everyone who comes in. Uh, any culture, any anyone who decides they want to be part of this. Um. This unique, weird, special <laughs> ripper of a podcast. All hail the trash fire. And we'll hear from you soon. We're going to start talking about like the actual events at the World Cup very soon. And hopefully we'll um, get into detail about um, some of these games that occur. Which starts tomorrow with Qatar and Ecuador, I believe. Yes. Yes, I think that is the case. Um, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Studio 141, 141 Studio, who cares?